Hi everyone, and welcome to Earth, Wind, and Unwanted Truth. My name is Chelsea Newbold, and I'll be your host for this podcast series. This is episode one. I've been talking about starting this podcast for, it feels like, umpteenth million years, but here we are, finally, um, using a free application to try and get this started, at least give myself some practice before I maybe do something else, but I really care and I want to launch this out. The goal, I figured, we should probably talk about the goal of the podcast on the first podcast, is for me to share what I know with you, and that is everything from makeup, fashion, food, drinks, to politics and education. I am a graduate student at Oregon State University in the body and plant pathology department. I am a plant pathologist researcher uh, in the master's program. I study a fungal pathogen of grape of um, wine grapes. And so I like to think I know a little bit of something about the world sometimes. (laughs) And so this is for me to be able to share my experiences with you and hopefully for my friends and strangers alike to get to know me a little bit better and to kind of understand where I'm coming from. Um, I think as scientists and also as people in academia, sometimes we are seen as being a little pretentious and I like to think that I'm not. Um, so that's what this podcast is really about. And I figured this being podcast number one, I'd start off with something pretty simple and also something really interesting for me at least, or that I care about because it's November. It's about four days away from Thanksgiving. And as I'm sure everybody knows, (laughs) if you've been to local Starbucks or any other coffee places, Pete's or, um, Dutch bros, you know that Christmas is basically here. Anytime I see a mint coffee drink or anything flavored like eggnog, I know Halloween has ended and there is just a hop, skip, and jump away from the never-ending sales of the holiday season. Thank God I don't work retail anymore, so I don't have to listen to Christmas songs for 24 hours a day, but here we are. So today I want to talk about recipes, and recipes for the holiday that aren't necessarily geared towards family, but are geared towards ourselves. Because honestly, I think with the holidays, we don't really take time for self-care. And by self-care, I mean time for ourselves. So a little food can go a long way. Especially for me, um, I live in Oregon and it's currently freezing. We haven't started raining yet, but it's cold. And so cold for me always equals soup, stew, and root vegetable weather. So what I've done, did done, whatever, what I've done today specifically is that I've made chicken soup. Um, I do derivations of this um, where either it has chicken and rice, chicken and noodle, chicken and dumpling, (laughs) um, chicken and vegetable, but essentially the goal is to provide myself with something that's hot, rich, and really emotionally um, enriching. My recipe usually uses, and I like to call it kind of my like end of the fridge day type of recipe because it uses things that I've usually prepared like a week or two before and frozen with the hope of doing something with that I'm not really doing anything with. So today I made a chicken and rice soup with carrots and onions and lots of garlic, fresh cilantro, Italian seasoning, and I served it with some, honestly my favorite are cheddar garlic biscuits. So the gist of this recipe, and I think it's super simple because you can make as much or as little really honestly as you want, is that you take whatever chicken you have left over, whether it's poached, boiled, baked, something you bought off the rotisserie line at your local Freddy's or Vaughn's, 
you're gonna throw that in a pot with water. I always like to say you cover the chicken. So however much water you wanna put in, make sure it covers the chicken. And I let that get to a, like almost a rolling boil, but not quite. And that's when I throw in my chopped onions, my chopped carrots, and I did today, I did five to six cloves of garlic uh, lengthwise, nice and sliced. And I threw all of that in there and I took um, two big um, sprigs of cilantro and peeled off all the leaves and thinly chopped it and threw that in there. A good portion of salt, lots of black pepper, and about two tablespoons of Italian seasoning. And I let that just cook its heart away for about 45 minutes. Then I finally added about a cup of white rice. Now if you were doing this and you're using rice you already have in the fridge, honestly, you let everything get to the point where the meat is falling off the bone, and then you throw your rice in, let it cook through, and then you can serve. Somewhere in between there, of course, you want to go through, and if you have lots of fat, skim off some of the fat, pull all the meat off of the bones. I actually do this in the pot with a pair of tongs and a fork and I take out all the bones and all the skin and everything that I really don't want in there anymore because I don't really want to have to sift, sift through it to eat my soup and I toss it. And then I throw in, you know, I obviously throw in my rice and everything and I close it and if I'm doing raw, you know, raw dry rice, I let it cook for about 10 to 15 minutes. If you've got, like I said, rice you've already made from the week, throw it in there till it's heated through. You can probably just toss it in and turn off the heat and serve that. And I think it's just absolutely delicious. It's so simple and so rich and just absolutely fantastic. And to me that that says winter, that says fall, that says it's cold outside and I want to just live under my blankets. As far as the biscuits, I grew up in, I like to think, uh, in between of pre-prepared and homemade. So my mom was a huge advocate for Bisquick. And I'm not product placing, but I love Bisquick. Um, that's what I grew up with. And so I am <laughs> the ultimate Costco Bisquick buyer. So I always get a giant box of Bisquick and I'll go through it making pancakes or biscuits and waffles and whatever throughout um, usually about four to five months is how long that box will last me. And so I use this standard Bisquick recipe, which is two and a fourth cups of Bisquick mix to three fourth cups of cold milk. And for me, I'm adding, in this case, I added cheddar and garlic. So for my garlic, before I even start my Bisquick um, biscuits, I'm gonna heat my oven to 350, let that get preheated. While that's going on, taking a head of garlic, I'm gonna cut off the end of the garlic the head portion where the stem comes up, not the base where the roots would be. Just enough so you can see the openings of each of the cloves. I'm going to take a square of foil, put that right in the middle, drizzle a little olive oil over the top, and then pull the sides of the foil up and wrap them up like a little package. I think I always think of a piece of candy. Once my oven is preheated, I'm going to set him right on the rack in the middle, close the oven, and set the timer for 30 minutes. And while that's going, since we're going to need a 350 degree oven anyway, I start my biscuits. And I throw my Bisquick mix into the bowl. I'm going to shred up about a cup to three-fourths of a cup of sharp cheddar cheese. And I throw my cheddar cheese into the dry Bisquick mix. And I do this because I want my Bisquick to coat each of the strands of shredded cheese so that it doesn't get all clumped up when I add my milk. 
Then, once the 30 minute timer is up, because I just kind of let it sit and hang out, I want everything to be at relatively strong room temperature. I take out my garlic, I unwrap it, I'm gonna, and I squeeze from the bottom to the top of each of the cloves to push the soft clove that's mushy and cooked out of its little packaging. And I just toss them into my Bisquick mix, each of the whole cloves. I mush them up with my fingers, pour in my cold milk, mix everything up with a fork. Then I, by hand, I know it always says to roll it out onto the counter and use a rolling pin and cut it with a cup or a, a cookie cutter. I just do it by hand. I do whatever a palm-sized slab of dough, throw it on my cookie sheet for each of mine. Usually a batch makes between six and seven of those palm-sized biscuits, but I like nice big biscuits for my soup. So that's what I do. And I throw those onto the pan, put them in the oven, and let them cook for about 15 minutes until the bottoms are golden brown. The tops are starting to get a little bit brown. I take them out, let them cool for about five minutes, and then I serve them up with my soup. And my favorite thing to do is to cut these biscuits open and pour my soup over the top in a bowl. I eat them just like that. My husband, he's more of a break off a little piece and dip type of guy. Honestly, I just think he likes to eat the biscuits, but that's neither here nor there. And that's one of my absolute favorite fall recipes. Some other things that I am a really big fan of during the holidays, at least for food and self-care, I am just absolutely in love with having a hot cup of tea and some cookies. I think cookies are just a great moment in time. People always talk about people who smoke cigarettes, right? They take that 10 minute break and it's not about the cigarette. It's about taking that time to step away from the things that you're doing and focus on something else. Do not not be absorbed in your work. That That is the de-stress, not necessarily nicotine, but that stepping away. And so I think having tea and some cookies is a great option to step away. And you don't need to make homemade cookies. You know, you can buy a tube of Toll House chocolate chip you can get your little squares of, um, of Toll House as well. You can get whatever pre, you know, Kroger brand pre-made cookies. Throw them on a sheet, you know, six, seven minutes later, you've got some fresh hot cookies. Buy a fresh thing from the store. But anything that takes you away from what you're doing when you're super busy. I think tea and coffee breaks are an awesome idea. Some Another recipe, aside from the chicken noodle soup and biscuits, that I like during the the holiday season, the cold season. I really honestly should just be called the cold season. At least here in Southern California, where I'm originally from, it's not nearly as brisk. But I think stews are awesome. If you have access to fresh meat from like a farmer's market, make the investment. Whether it's beef, pork, chicken, duck, bison, whatever make the investment, especially when you're doing a stew. And I like to use shoulder, so I'll get some beef shoulders and pork shoulder, or whatever they call it, stew cut. Usually it's cubed. I really like to do goat or beef. So in this case, we'll say I'm doing beef or goat. I'm gonna take the cubes that they usually have given me. If you don't, doesn't come pre-cubed, just cut it up into cubes. You don't need to stress necessarily about how, what size, as long as they're all really uniform. Right In the bottom of a pan, I always throw a dollop of butter. I know your beef's supposed to already have the amount of fat that it needs, but I think a dollop of butter really does it justice. Throw that dollop of butter at the bottom 
of, of a skillet or your Dutch oven. Ooh, Dutch oven is a thing to invest in. Seriously. If you ever have a few extra dollars or you find one at the thrift shop, do it. Dutch oven, wonderful option. So let's say we're using a Dutch oven in this case because it doesn't really matter. Pot, Dutch oven, big cast iron skillet, whatever. Throw a dollop of butter. Get that nice and hot. Not brown, but hot and melted. You're going to throw in your meat. You're going to sear all the sides. You're not necessarily trying to get all the way cooked through right now. Okay? So don't stress out. I always, you know, sprinkle some salt to taste and black pepper as well. And then once you've seared all the sides, I throw in, give or take, a tablespoon to two tablespoons, whatever really coats the meat of flour. And then I kind of turn down my heat a little bit. I cook off the flour flavor, right? I'm then going to throw in, now you don't have to do this if you don't want to, and you can change it up however you want, but I always throw in one-fourth to three-fourth, so the ratio, one to four, or one to three, excuse me, one to three ratio, one being red wine or a dark beer, uh, you can even use port, port's a little sweet as far as the wines go, but a nice white wine, a Pinot Noir is just fine, any sort of mixed red would be fine, honestly whatever's five dollars at your local market doesn't matter. One part, red wine, and you put the red wine in there, or your beer. For beer, I would say just use a can, a can of beer, standard, 16 ounce. And you're going to mix that until you've kind of dissolved out all of the, all of the flour. Then you're going to add your vegetables. I'm a simple person when it comes to stews, and same thing with soups. I don't think it needs any crazy frills, anything super fancy. So, carrots, celery, onions, large chop. For the carrots, don't use baby carrots. I always find they cook too fast. You want to use a peeled big boy carrot, you know? <laughs> the ones that come in the bags, usually nearly half the price of a bag of baby carrots. Perfect option. Do a nice rough chop, big chunks, big chunks of onion, big chunks of celery. And you're going to toss that in. Once you've mixed everything together and it's incorporated, then you're going to add your three parts of beef stock. You can pre-make your beef stock, and I still do this even if I'm using lamb or if I'm using goat. Doesn't matter. Beef stock. Great option. So I throw in some beef stock. You can buy it from the store. No judgment. And I get everything nice and boiling. Not crazy going to pop out of the pan boiling, but a nice rolling boil. And at that point, I'm going to put my lid on and I'm going to let sit for about 15 minutes. Right? Once it's sat for 15 minutes, I'm going to throw in some quartered, small, waxy potatoes. Not russets. Russets going to fall apart. You want a waxy potato that's going to hold flavor and going to hold structure. Quarter some small, waxy potatoes. Toss them in there. I'm going to throw in a sprig of rosemary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to throw in some more black pepper. And if you like something spicy, I like to put in a little bit of chili flakes. My husband puts chili flakes and hot sauce in everything. 
little chili flake for just a little bit of spice sprinkled rosemary you can add some more salt give it a taste at this point your meat's probably cooked through you're gonna be fine give it a taste see if it needs some more salt then if you're doing Dutch oven you're gonna preheat your oven beforehand 350 degrees to 400 degrees I know it's a 50 degree difference but depending on how your oven works you you understand right you close your Dutch oven after you've thrown in your resume, rosemary or potatoes, double check your salt, double check your pepper, and you're going to throw that bastard in the oven. I'm going to let it cook for 30 minutes. All right. I like to check every 10 to 15 minutes. My oven's a little weird, a little cheap. Sometimes the temperature varies enough that it can really mess it up, but you're going to give it a little stir every 15 minutes. So that's two stirs, basically, for 30 minutes. You're going to check the thickness of your stock. And at the end of that 13 minutes, if your stock thickness isn't, hasn't richened up enough, hasn't become th thick enough, you can throw it back on the stove, let it reduce a little bit more with the lid off. Let it, I'm always say let it sit just, just a tad before you serve because that stuff gets so hot. But then you serve it just like that. You can serve it with a little bit of mashed potato at the bottom. You can serve it with some crusty French bread. Just, it's seriously a simple stew. Nothing too fancy, nothing too crazy. And I just, I'm in love with it. Stew and soup. It's a great holiday season. Well, happy Sunday, everybody. And thank you for tuning in to my first podcast <laughs> of this series. We'll see how it goes going forward. Tune in next week. We're going to talk about GMOs. I know a big jump from food recipes to GMOs, but tune in and check it out. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Earth, Wind, and Unwanted Truth. My name is Chelsea Newbold, and I'll be your host for this podcast series. This is episode one. I've been talking about starting this pod podcast for, it feels like, umpteenth million years. But here we are, finally, um, using a free application to try and get this started, at least give myself some practice before I maybe do something else. But I really care, and I want to launch this out. The goal, I figured, we should probably talk about the goal of the podcast on the first podcast, is for me to share what I know with you, and that is everything from makeup, fashion, food, drinks, to politics and education. I am a graduate student at Oregon State University in the body and plant pathology department. I am a plant pathologist researcher uh, in the master's program. I study a fungal pathogen of grape, of um, wine grapes. And so I like to think I know a little bit of something about the world sometimes. <laughs> and so this is for me to be able to share my experiences with you and hopefully for my friends and strangers alike to get to know me a little bit better and to kind of understand where I'm coming from. Um, I think as scientists and also as people in academia, sometimes we are seen as being a little pretentious and I like to think that I'm not. Um, so that's what this podcast is really about. And I figured... This being podcast number one, I start off with something pretty simple and also something really interesting, for me at least, or that I care about. Because it's November, it's about four days away from Thanksgiving, and as I'm sure everybody knows, <laughs> if you've been to local Starbucks or any other coffee places, Pete's or um, 
Dutch Bros, you know that Christmas is basically here. Anytime I see a mint coffee drink or anything flavored like eggnog, I know Halloween has ended and there is just a hop, skip, and jump away from the never-ending sales of the holiday season. Thank God I don't work retail anymore, so I don't have to listen to Christmas songs for 24 hours a day, but here we are. So today I want to talk about recipes, and recipes for the holiday that aren't necessarily geared towards family, but are geared towards ourselves. Because honestly, I think with the holidays, we don't really take time for self-care. And by self-care, I mean time for ourselves. So a little food can go a long way. Especially for me, um, I live in Oregon and it's currently freezing. We haven't started raining yet, but it's cold. And so cold for me always equals soup, stew, and root vegetable weather. So what I've didn't done, did done, whatever, what I've done today specifically is that I've made chicken soup. Um, I do derivations of this um, where either it has chicken and rice, chicken and noodle, chicken and dumpling, <laughs> um, chicken and vegetable, but essentially the goal is to provide myself with something that's hot, rich, and really emotionally um, enriching. My recipe usually uses and I like to call it kind of my like end of the fridge day type of recipe because it uses things that I've usually pre prepared like a week or two before and frozen with the hope of doing something with that I'm not really doing anything with. So today I made a chicken and rice soup with carrots and onions and lots of garlic, fresh cilantro, Italian seasoning, and I served it with some, honestly my favorite, are cheddar garlic biscuits. So the gist of this recipe, and I think it's super simple because you can make as much or as little really honestly as you want, is that you take whatever chicken you have left over, whether it's poached, boiled, baked, something you bought off the rotisserie line at your local Freddy's or Vaughn's, you're gonna throw that in a pot with water. I always like to say you cover the chicken. So however much water you wanna put in, make sure it covers the chicken. And I let that get to a, like almost a rolling boil, but not quite. And that's when I throw in my chopped onions, my chopped carrots. And I did today, I did five to six cloves of garlic uh, lengthwise, nice and sliced. And I threw all of that in there and I took um, two big um, sprigs of cilantro and peeled off all the leaves and thinly chopped it and threw that in there a good portion of salt, lots of black pepper, and about two tablespoons of Italian seasoning. And I let that just cook its heart away for about 45 minutes. Then I finally added about a cup of white rice. Now, if you were doing this and you're using rice you already have in the fridge, honestly, you let everything get to the point where the meat is falling off the bone, and then you throw your rice in, let it cook through, and then you can serve. Somewhere in between there, of course, you want to go through, and if you have lots of fat, skim off some of the fat, pull all the meat off of the bones. I actually do this in the pot with a pair of tongs and a fork, and I take out all the bones and all the skin and everything that I really don't want in there anymore because I don't really want to have to sift, sift through it to eat my soup, and I toss it. And then I throw in, you know, I obviously throw in my rice and everything, and I close it, and if I'm doing raw, you know, raw dry rice, I let it cook for about 10 to 15 minutes. If you've got, like I said, rice you've already made from the week, throw it in there till it's heated through. You can probably just toss it in and turn off the heat. 
and serve that and I think it's just absolutely delicious. It's so simple and so rich and just absolutely fantastic. And to me that that says winter, that says fall, that says it's cold outside and I want to just live under my blankets. As far as the biscuits, I grew up in, I like to think, uh, in between of pre-prepared and homemade. So my mom was a huge advocate for Bisquick and I'm not product placing, but I love Bisquick. Um, that's what I grew up with. And so I am <laughs> the ultimate Costco Bisquick buyer. So I always get a giant box of Bisquick and I'll go through it making pancakes or biscuits and waffles and whatever throughout um, usually about four to five months is how long that box will last me. And so I use this the standard Bisquick recipe, which is two and a fourth cups of Bisquick mix to three fourth cups of cold milk. And for me, I'm adding, in this case, I added cheddar and garlic. So for my garlic, before I even start my biscuit, um, biscuits, I'm going to heat my oven to 350, let that get preheated. While that's going on, taking a head of garlic, I'm going to cut off the end of the garlic, the head portion where the stem comes up, not the base where the roots would be. Just enough so you can see the openings of each of the cloves. I'm going to take a square of foil, put that right in the middle drizzle a little olive oil over the top and then pull the sides of the foil up and wrap them up like a little package. I think I always think of a piece of candy. Once my oven is preheated, I'm going to set him right on the rack in the middle, close the oven and set the timer for 30 minutes. And while that's going, since we're going to need a 350 degree oven anyway, I start my biscuits and I throw my Bisquick mix into the bowl. I'm going to shred up about a cup to three-fourths of a cup of sharp cheddar cheese and I throw my cheddar cheese into the dry Bisquick mix and I do this because I want my Bisquick to coat each of the strands of shredded cheese so that it doesn't get all clumped up when I add my milk. Then once the 30-minute timer is up because I just kind of let it sit and hang out I want everything to be at relatively strong room temperature. I take out my garlic I unwrap it I'm gonna, and I squeeze from the bottom to the top of each of the cloves to push the soft clove that's mushy and cooked out of its little packaging. And I just toss them into my Bisquick mix, each of the whole cloves. I mush them up with my fingers, pour in my cold milk, mix everything up with a fork. Then I, by hand, I know it always says to roll it out onto the counter and use a rolling pin and cut it with a cup or a, a cookie cutter. I just do it by hand. I do whatever a palm-sized slab of dough, throw it on my cookie sheet for each of mine. Usually a batch makes between six and seven of those palm-sized biscuits, but I like nice big biscuits for my soup. So that's what I do. And I throw those onto the pan, put them in the oven, and let them cook for about 15 minutes until the bottoms are golden brown. The tops are starting to get a little bit brown. I take them out, let them cool for about five minutes, and then I serve them up with my soup. And my favorite thing to do is to cut these biscuits open and pour my soup over the top in a bowl. I eat them just like that. My husband, he's more of a break off a little piece and dip type of guy. Honestly, I just think he likes to eat the biscuits, but that's neither here nor there. And that's one of my absolute favorite fall recipes. Some other things that I am a really big fan of during the holidays, at least for food and self-care, I am just absolutely in love with having a hot cup of tea 
and some cookies. I think cookies are just a great moment in time. People always talk about people who smoke cigarettes, right? They take that 10 minute break and it's not about the cigarette. It's about taking that time to step away from the things that you're doing and focus on something else. Do not not be absorbed in your work. That that is the de-stress, not necessarily nicotine, but that stepping away. And so I think having tea and some cookies is a great option to step away. And you don't need to make homemade cookies. You know, you can buy a tube of Toll House chocolate chip. You can get your little squares of, um, of Toll House as well. You can get whatever pre, you know, Kroger brand pre-made cookies. Throw them on a sheet, you know, six, seven minutes later, you've got some fresh hot cookies. Buy a fresh thing from the store. But anything that takes you away from what you're doing when you're super busy. I think tea and coffee breaks are an awesome idea. Some Another recipe aside from the chicken noodle soup and biscuits that I like during the the holiday season, the cold season, I really honestly should just be called the cold season, at least here in Southern California where I'm originally from, it's not nearly as brisk, but I think stews are awesome. If you have access to fresh meat from like a farmer's market, make the investment. Whether it's beef, pork, chicken, duck, bison, whatever, make the investment, especially when you're doing a stew. And I like to use shoulder, so I'll get some beef shoulders and pork shoulder, or whatever they call it, stew cut. Usually it's cubed. I really like to do goat or beef. So in this case, we'll say I'm doing beef or goat. I'm going to take the cubes that they usually have given me. If you don't, doesn't come pre-cubed, just cut it up into cubes. You don't need to stress necessarily about how, what size, as long as they're all really uniform. Right? In the bottom of a pan, I always throw a dollop of butter. I know your beef's supposed to already have the amount of fat that it needs, but I think a dollop of butter really does it justice. Throw that dollop of butter at the bottom of, of a skillet or your Dutch oven. Ooh, Dutch oven is a thing to invest in. Seriously. If you ever have a few extra dollars or you find one at the thrift shop, do it. Dutch oven, wonderful option. So let's say we're using a Dutch oven in this case because it doesn't really matter. Pot, Dutch oven, big cast iron skillet, whatever. Throw a dollop of butter. Get that nice and hot. Not brown, but hot and melted. You're going to throw in your meat. You're going to sear all the sides. You're not necessarily trying to get all the way cooked through right now. Okay? So don't stress out. I always, you know, sprinkle some salt to taste and black pepper as well. And then once you've seared all the sides, I throw in, give or take, a tablespoon to two tablespoons, whatever really coats the meat of flour. And then I kind of turn down my heat a little bit. I cook off the flour flavor, right? I'm then going to throw in, now you don't have to do this if you don't want to, and you can change it up however you want, but I always throw in one-fourth to three-fourth, so the ratio, one to four, or one to three, excuse me, one to three ratio, one being red wine or a dark beer, uh, you can even use port. Port's a little sweet as far as the wines go. But a nice white wine. A Pinot Noir is just fine. Any sort of mixed red would be fine. Honestly, whatever's $5 at your local market, doesn't matter. One part, red wine. And you put the red wine in there, or your beer. For beer, I would say just use a can. A can of beer. 
standard uh, 16 ounce. And you're going to mix that until you've kind of dissolved out all of the all of the flour. Then you're going to add your vegetables. I'm a simple person when it comes to stews. And same thing with soups. I don't think it needs any crazy frills, anything super fancy. So, carrots, celery, onions, large chop. For the carrots, don't use baby carrots. I always find they cook too fast. You want to use a peeled big boy carrot, you know? <laughs> the ones that come in the bags, usually nearly half the price of a bag of baby carrots. Perfect option. Do a nice rough chop, big chunks, big chunks of onion, big chunks of celery. And you're gonna to toss that in. Once you've mixed everything together and it's incorporated, then you're gonna add your three parts of beef stock. You can pre-make your beef stock, and I still do this even if I'm using lamb or if I'm using goat. Doesn't matter, beef stock, great option. So I throw in some beef stock, you can buy it from the store, no judgment, and I get everything nice and boiling. Not crazy, gonna pop out of the pan boiling, but a nice rolling boil. And at that point, I'm gonna put my lid on and I'm gonna let sit for about 15 minutes, right? Once it's sat for 15 minutes, I'm gonna throw in some quartered, small, waxy potatoes. Not russets, russets gonna fall apart. You want a waxy potato that's gonna hold flavor and gonna hold structure. Quarters, some small, waxy potatoes, toss them in there. I'm gonna throw in a sprig of rosemary Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to throw in some more black pepper. And if you like something spicy, I like to put in a little bit of chili flakes. My husband puts chili flakes and hot sauce in everything. A little chili flake for just a little bit of spice. A sprig of rosemary. You can add some more salt. Give it a taste at this point. Your meat's probably cooked through. You're going to be fine. Give it a taste. See if it needs some more salt. Then if you're doing Dutch oven, you, you're going to preheat your oven beforehand 350 degrees to 400 degrees I know it's a 50 degree difference but depending on how your oven works you you understand right you close your Dutch oven after you've thrown in your resume rosemary or potatoes double check your salt double check your pepper and you're gonna throw that bastard in the oven I'm gonna let it cook for 30 minutes all right I like to check every 10 to 15 minutes my oven's a little weird a little cheap Sometimes the temperature varies enough that it can really mess it up, but you're going to give it a little stir every 15 minutes. So that's two stirs, basically, for 30 minutes. You're going to check the thickness of your stock. And at the end of that 13 minutes, if your stock thickness isn't hasn't richened up enough, hasn't become th thick enough, you can throw it back on the stove, let it reduce a little bit more with the lid off. Let it, I always say let it sit just, just a tad before you serve because that stuff gets so hot. But then you serve it just like that. You can serve it with a little bit of mashed potato at the bottom. You can serve it with some crusty French bread. Just, it's seriously a simple stew. Nothing too fancy, nothing too crazy. And I just, I'm in love with it. Stew and soup. It's a great holiday season. Well, happy Sunday, everybody. And thank you for tuning in to my first podcast <laughs> of this series. We'll see how it goes going forward. Tune in next week. We're going to talk about GMOs. I know a big jump from food recipes to GMOs, but tune in and check it out. I'll talk to you next week.
拜拜。